I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Jen. We have a letter from Naomi today, and she says, Hello, Sarah and Jen. You know how much I admire you both and value your wisdom. I hope you can help me figure out how to transition from freelancer to creative business owner. I have a personal brand that I feel really reflects me in the things I love, and I've built around it a wonderful online community. I do a variety of things that I really enjoy. Writing, brand development, illustration, coaching, teaching courses, TA, VA, among others. The problem is that I still feel like I'm a freelancer, not a business owner, and because of that, I can't be strategic. All of these activities are still ad hoc and none of them bring in enough or show potential to bring in enough income to meet my share of the family budget. I'm either overwhelmed with work and hardly sleeping or things are quiet and I'm stressed about money. When the work comes, I feel like I can't say no because it could dry up any minute and then I'm so busy working that I don't do any development or pitching, which means that when I finish those jobs, I have to start all over again looking for work. I'm exhausted. I carry the parenting responsibility for my two children almost entirely on my own and so a normal nine-to-five job isn't accessible to me and in any case I'd really love to do work each day that lights me up rather than just to make money. What I'd really love is to have an actual business that I can build and work on that lets me work hard in the hours I have but be there for my kids after school and provide some kind of security in terms of regular income that my family and I can rely on. I know you can't tell me what business to do, although if anything springs to mind, please don't hold back. But I hope you might have some tips or exercises that will help me be able to think creatively about how to turn my skills, interests and profile into a real business that works for me and my family. Like so many of us nowadays, my skills don't fit any traditional business model and I've been a freelancer for too long and never a business owner. I don't have that businessy kind of head. I'm stumped. Big hugs, Naomi. This is my Naomi. So Naomi, if you some of you might have heard her on hashtag authentic, actually, she is VA and TA for the Insta Retreat. She's an integral part of my business. But we've had conversations about some of this a little bit before. So it's really nice to have this time actually to dig into this problem for her. I think this is quite a universal problem. I have this conversation a lot with clients, which is there's a big difference between the freelancer mindset and the business owner mindset. Mm. Should we actually dive into how we differentiate them? Yes, so good idea. For you, how do you separate between the freelancer business owner mindset? So I actually had a revelation about this myself. I think I'd probably been in business for about a year and I'd seen myself as going freelance. I'd gone freelance. That's what I was doing. And it was very much just like what Naomi describes. I was waiting for my inbox, waiting for work to come in and then trying to kind of slot it all together. And I don't really know, I think it was listening to different business podcasts that I had this epiphany after that first year that I was a business owner and not a freelancer. And it changed how I approached all my goals. It changed how I approached all of my work. And it ultimately, it changed the profitability of my business. So to me, it's about having that one cohesive central Mm. focus that's a business. So it can still be taking other people's work. Like there's lots of people who have a VA business, a virtual assistant business, but you have goals that come together for that one shared vision. Whereas when you're a freelancer, it can feel a little bit more like it's everybody else's goals and you're meeting their demands. Yeah, for sure. I think the way, another way of phrasing that, I guess, is like a freelancer, what you're offering is is rooted around a skill. Mm. Like you, you're good at these different things and you make money usually time for money doing that whereas a business is rooted in a message or a mission or a manifesto and you happen to offer things through that business that maybe use different skills that you have but the skill isn't the entry point the message or the vision of the business is the entry point such a good point that's really key actually because 
it gives you that degree of separation as well where it's bigger than just you and what you can do right now. It's what it's actually, it's all about the customer. Because with a business, you have a message or a mission or a vision that serves a need for your customer base. And you just decide. I tell my clients this a lot, a lot of the time. If you think about it, I'm a big believer in building very story message driven businesses. Because if you have a business that stands for something, and I'm not saying you have to want to change the world here. I'm just saying you have a business that has a message, a mission, a vision, a manifesto, a story, and you build community around that and you connect with people with that then you get to just offer you can monetize that in many different ways and whereas as a freelancer you are just a hand for hire and it's more short term with a freelancer you're tending to look at your business probably a quarter at a time because you just think i need to get the books filled up so i can make money yeah a business is you're taking a much more bird's eye view because it's like you said it's bigger than just the money I'm going to make today. Absolutely. And that's why it changed for me because I went from my goal is to match my salary that I used to have or to make X amount of money this year and take enough jobs to make that happen to my goal is to develop my business to this stage, Mm -hmm. to offer these products, to do these different things that you can only really do once you have that additional capacity, but also that additional kind of perspective. If we actually break the time into something practical, if you go to a freelancer's website, usually what you'll find is just, hi, I'm available for these things, get in touch. Mm -hmm. If you go to a business owner's website, it's actually more message driven because they'll kind of introduce what the message is behind their business or what the content is behind their business or what that person does. And so it's the way that you actually, the way you package yourself is a big part of what's different between being a business owner and a freelancer. Yes. I think some people think that it's in, you know, when you see someone, it's just them. It's just a solo person, but they've gone for the we everywhere all over yeah, their yeah, website yeah. to try to try and create that distinction. And I can totally understand it, but it kind of creates a false sense of like, mm. there's this huge team or it makes it feel impersonal. But it's it's that thing that people are trying to get to, isn't it? That sense of like, this is an entity of its own and I'm the person that works for it. Yeah. And I think, I guess the interesting thing we can pull out of Naomi's letter is there are lots of things that she does. And I think that's the difference sometimes between a freelancer and a business owner. A freelancer is kind of saying, I've got all these different skills, just pay me. Not not usually that, you know, I'm, I highly doubt that's what Naomi's doing. <laughs> but whereas a business owner, it, everything is very intentionally built. Yes, it's like strategic. A, it's, a business has specific services, specific offerings, specific ways of making money that's all rooted in the bigger message of the business. Whereas a freelancer is kind of just open for anything. And I think a business is more specific, whereas as a freelancer, you kind of can be a bit of a jack of all trades. Yes. And then there's that kind of middle ground where you maybe have a business that takes up the majority of your time that encompasses your primary skill bracket. Yes. But you may do some freelancing on the side as a side hustle to make additional cash. Exactly. Like if you take our businesses, for example, I make the majority of my income through one-on-one coaching. So I am using a skill of mine well, how, that's how I make the majority of my money. I could technically freelance as a coach, I'm sure. But instead, what I've done is I've built a business rooted around my approach, my story, my ideas, my message. People connect with that and then they decide to work with me. If we take your business as an example, you make the majority of your money through online educational tools. So courses, programs. But then you're also interesting because you have a personal brand, how you make money, such as your book, speaking events, things like that, sponsored opportunities you might get. So your business model your flagship 
part of your business are your courses and classes. But then you, it's not that you freelance, but you have different income streams because you're using your skills in different. Does that make sense? Yeah. See, there's also different ways to kind of weave That's it what, yeah. together. But I think if I want, you know, if money got short and I needed an additional stream and I thought, do you know what? I'm going to do some freelance speech therapy. Exactly. That wouldn't go through me and Orla. It would be Sarah Tasker. It, yeah, it'd probably have its own little website. It would be completely separate because it's too different. It pulls me away from the core message of my business. And I think for the way my brain works, I would need to organize my time very clearly for those two different jobs as well and see it as two different businesses almost. To give an example from me, so I have just recently launched a website called Build a Better Day and it's got its own branding and it's got its own vibe. It's kind of all about making your days work best for you. Now, some people ask me, oh, why did you do this separately? Mm -hmm. Why did you build a different website, have a different branding for it? And it's because it's an extension of my personal brand, but it's not an extension of my business. Yes. So I think it's just a business doesn't have to feel like a box, I guess is what we're saying. You can have multiple different projects that you do within a wider business you can have things that like for me build a better day is like an arm off my business and like this podcast is like an arm off it's like mind your business I've got arms off that meet in the middle and make this podcast yeah I guess what we're saying here to everyone listening is it's not about putting things neat and tidy into a box what I think Naomi's asking is right now it sounds like she's got all these different ways that she can make money but that her time is feeling a bit out of her control her income's feeling out of her control she wants something where she feels like she can hold all the pieces is what I'm hearing from Naomi absolutely and I think that's a really relatable feeling for anyone who's ever done this kind of freelance work it does feel very piecemeal and it can quickly feel overwhelming yeah and I think I think it all starts with business model so I think it's looking, I mean, the first questions I would ask Naomi to ask herself is, what does she want from her business? And she shared a lot of that in the letter, but a lot of that is breaking down how it wants. she wants it to fit around her family life. I'd really encourage her to get really clear on what her enough number is. This, this is a tricky one. I'm a big believer in getting clear on what our enough number is when we're building out our business models, because you've got to build a business that is capable of making what you need it to make for you. Because if you just build one without that intention in mind, it, it might not go where you want it to go. Mm-hmm. The trick is knowing that you don't usually go from zero to enough. Yeah, not to let that become something that crushes you right from the start. You have to be okay with step by step by step by step. But I think for Naomi, the first thing would be to get all her essentials down on the table. So how it needs to work lifestyle wise, because that's going to tell her what to offer and what not to offer. How much it needs to make her financially in the long run, that's also going to tell her what to offer and what not to offer. And then I think maybe a Venn diagram here might be interesting. You know, the one where it's like, what I'm good at, what the world needs, what I enjoy. It's ikigai, I'm saying that we wrong. Did that, we did that at a workshop, we right? We did. Apologies to any Japanese speakers hearing my terrible pronunciation there. But if you type in I-K-I-K-I-G-A-I, possibly. I think that's it. We'll try and put it in the show notes. <laughs> it is a Japanese concept for figuring out what your purpose is. And it's actually incredibly valuable like it's so valuable yeah and I guess the other question I would want Naomi to have on that list is like what of all of this work that she's doing is the stuff that really fills her up and inspires her now bearing in mind she's forbidden to ever leave my business (laughs) so Naomi if you're listening sorry about that but um everything else is is negotiable you get to choose you don't have to do any of this work you kind of it doesn't feel that way when you're battling financial constraints but you do get to choose I also think Naomi should give herself a bit more credit than she is because I do think she has the pieces of a business here yes I think here there's probably some internal mental shifts because you treat a business and a freelance career very differently yeah because a freelance career is just about getting clients a business is a whole ship that you're steering 
And I also think it's probably just adding extra layers of intention into the choices that she's making to make this ship work better for her. And part of that, I guess, is going to come down to a little bit more trust in herself and in the work and that it's going to keep coming. I know she mentioned like that fear of, I can't say no because it could dry up at any time, but trusting that actually you've been doing this for so long. Mm -hmm. And oh my gosh, Jen, Naomi has so many skills. I couldn't even begin to, she's done every job ever and she is so good at all of them so like she's never going to be in a position where the work's going to dry up I can see that from the outside but when you're inside it doesn't feel that true and you do go through those periods where your inbox is quiet and that feels like a reflection on you or on the industry instead of just you know a quiet period well this is why I actually think there is a argument for building a business instead of building a freelance career because a business can catch you a little bit more in those moments and what I mean by that is if you build a business and an audience around that business that is highly invested in what you do and how you want to do it. Here's two things that happen. You have access to a consistent client base and you have access to an audience who want to go on whatever journey you're going to take them on as well. So it gives a lot of space for evolution. For example, Sarah's launching a really new cool program soon. It's not like anything you've done before. No. But your audience, because they're invested in me and Ola as a brand and you as a person and the work you do in the world, they're going to go on this journey with you. So I'm saying this for Naomi and anyone else listening is the pros of having a business is that you have a big entity that you can go in different directions. If it actually gives you more stability, because once you've built a, and Naomi's already built a community. I've seen that she's launched incredible courses over the years, incredible programs. She's done one-on-one coaching. She's a client. She's a fantastic artist. She's a fantastic writer. She's got so many, like she's sitting on a gold mine. In, and what I mean by that, like not a gold mine of just money, but a gold mine of joy for, and freedom for yeah. her. It's just, I think there's feels safety in having a lot of options on the table. But really at that point, you can just feel really overwhelmed and scared. Also, I do want to make a point here that there is nothing wrong with being a freelancer. Oh my gosh, yeah. My husband is a freelance podcast editor. There's many people I can think of, just great freelancers. There's no anyone who is making any form of living for themselves, day job, freelance job, business, you're a hero because making life work is really hard. I think for some people, what a business gives you is a little bit more freedom and a little, not control in the way we, it doesn't control the outcome, but it gives you control of the ship and how you're steering it. Definitely. So if you're listening to this and you're a freelancer and you love it, good for you. If you're listening to this though, and like Naomi, you want to feel like it's more of an entity that you have a bit more control over, that's also great. Hopefully this episode can help you. Yeah, I I think that's a really important distinction to make. Like it's just different personality types, Mm. different circumstances. Like there's points in your life where you can't, the idea of making something permanent like a business is a terrible idea because you're planning on emigrating to another country next year or something. But there are also times when that stability would be so valuable. and, And that's what we're hearing. Like Naomi, she's got a family and she's got overheads and she's got all these skills and it, it must feel so frustrating to not be able to I think that's the one of the differences about businesses we've not talked about not being able to reap all the benefits mm-hmm. because when you only do work for other people they get all the they get all the rewards they're the ones making the profit from your work they're the ones who you know like she comes and helps me with my classes but she's not the one who is selling classes and taking home that paycheck and some of that's okay but when you know you've got all the skills to be doing stuff for yourself then it starts to feel really unsatisfying and there's such a rewarding feedback loop in having your own business because the harder you work 
the better your own outcomes are. I'm going to give an example. Something anyone who's listened to previous episodes, I think it was the last episode of the one before, something we talked about is how I take 18 weeks off a year from my business. Yes. The reason that is possible for me is because I'm a business owner, not a freelancer. And what I mean by that is I decide every year how much money I want to make from client work. I then plan that client work into my schedule because I also have an honest conversation with myself about how much client work I want to do. Then I build my time off into the schedule in a way that is that flows with the client work schedule and it doesn't affect my earnings. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've planned it out differently so that it's not my time that I'm not making money every week from showing up in the same place every time. I've planned it out so that it's more stable throughout the year. Yeah. I couldn't do that if I was just trading time for money, but I can do that because I've built my business very specifically that it can, it can hold that space for me. Yeah. And that's the freedom that having a business gives you is that it lets you make bigger decisions. And I think for Naomi, probably the first thing to ask yourself here, because really the bigger question that you've got to ask yourself is of all these things that I'm great at, how do I want to build that into a business model that I don't think you want to be boxed in, but that gives you a little bit more structure and stability that you can have control of the pieces a little bit more definitely 100% and I think there's also sometimes I don't know if this is the case for Naomi but it might be for some people listening almost a little bit of safety in staying in that freelancer mindset because you're kind of abdicating responsibility for that big picture for those big goals to everybody else like they have them and they just bring the work to you and it's up leveling it's like a leap of faith Mm. to say actually I'm gonna now be the the person that's kind of steering this ship and I'm gonna guide everybody else in line with me instead of the other way around I guess what businesses have in common and when I'm saying business at this well actually no this applies applies from a one person personal brand textile business to Dyson or Apple is that there is a universality in the customer or client base for, for example, all the things that Naomi listed that she does, some of them serve the, serve the same type of people, some of them serve different type of people. Yeah. Whereas in a business, under one brand, the audience is the same. You might have yeah. different touch points for different people in that audience, but the audience usually have a shared goal, a shared interest, a shared desire. Yeah, a shared need. And that is what makes a business sustainable because you then have access to an engaged audience who you can create awesome ways to be of service to them or add value to their life so I guess the big there's a big decision here for Naomi for Naomi if we think about the pieces of a business there's the brand side down which she's got down perfectly and beautifully there's probably as she decides how this business wants to look there's some tweaking to bring that in line with the business model there's the business model both deciding how she wants a business model to function for her and then actually deciding the functionings of the business model but I think a key piece is who does she want this business to be for and like you said if she feels like she wants to build a business around a certain message or approach that serves a certain type of audience but if she still wants to keep some VA work she can either fuse that into that business you can serve multiple audiences Mm. through one business there is a smart way to do that or you can have some freelance stuff on the side like this doesn't have to be one or the other for Naomi she doesn't have to cut off access to her current income streams to do the next thing two things can be true at the same time completely and I'm sort of picturing it like knowing Naomi's work as well as I do that the core of her brand would be around creativity and connecting with your creativity and turning that into beautiful whatever you're creating so whether that's artwork whether that's just writing really good copy whatever that needs to be whether it's branding and so that is the core message at the heart for me of everything I see her doing and so then within that there would be a main space where it was perhaps about educating people Mm. and they could take classes and they could find classes for whatever level or need they had but maybe also like I'm literally picturing a website where she also had a hire me 
when you could hire her for to come and speak and educate you could hire her to copyright for you you could hire her to do artwork for you I also think as I start to think of it that way immediately it makes the price for those freelance roles go up up because you see the value so much more when you see it as part of the whole package and realize actually I'm getting this multi-skilled person who teaches all of these things and I think also with a business owner you get to define you can have varied job roles what I mean by that is someone can be both an artist an educator a designer all at the same time I think for most of us we will have I guess the top of the mountain is like the core of our work. Like I'm a coach first and foremost. And then also through my work, I write, I podcast, I teach different things. I I have all these different layers for you. Like everyone has, some people will see themselves as a writer first, but also maybe coach a little bit or mentor Mm. a little bit or teach a little bit. I guess what I'm saying here is I think it would be really easy to feel like a business has to be so set in stone and so clear. It's allowed to hold space for all of your like multitudes and nuances the piece is that it has to make sense for anyone coming to the business yes as long as you can make sense of all the different layers of yourself so that someone knows how to navigate it you're winning it's when you don't know how to make sense of your nuances so then when someone comes to it they get lost is the problem absolutely it's funny we talk about this so much in the insta retreat because a lot of people will come with like four separate accounts for the four facets of their personality or of their business you know like they have a coffee shop but they also sell coffee so that's two accounts (laughs) and That's like an extreme example, but a lot of the time people have pulled apart themselves Mm. into these really narrow brackets. And not only is that a bad idea when it comes to Instagram, because that's four times the work, (laughs) like four times the posts, four times the comments. But it's also a bad idea because it gives you nowhere to go. Mm. Like if you have an account and it's only about your coffee shop and then that coffee shop evolves to being like also a lifestyle store then what do you do do you need another account for lifestyle products whereas if you make an account that is about all of the different facets of you if you kind of put yourself at the heart of it and that doesn't mean you have to be there Mm. you don't have to be visible but yourself is the thing that links all the elements of the things that you share on your account or all of the things that you pull into your business then I think you've left it future proof like Mm. whatever you evolve into next is going to feel like a natural progression because right from the start you were clear that you were not just one thing yeah I think the only I think of this is a really weird example I think of Kate Ahrens who won runs Wit and Delight which is like one of my favorite lifestyle websites and it's really interesting how she does it her Instagram is her but then they have a Wit and Delight shop Instagram so it only it makes sense if you have a function that you need something to function separately I remember when I was building Build a Better Day and I was having this conversation in my head do I create a separate Instagram for Build a Better Day or do I do it for my account? I made the decision to do it for my account because I was like, F doing two Instagram <laughs> accounts. But I guess what we're saying here, um, because Naomi obviously has multi-passions and lots of skills, I don't want her to shave off her edges. Yes. What I would love for her is for her to have a, the freedom that she's craving in her work. And for anyone else listening who is maybe has different freelance clients but the history of a pro of having a business it gives you room to do lots of different cool things you can create products you can create workshops you can create lots of different opportunities for you to both be fulfilled make money and be of service to the people you want like a business is a foundation for you to go in many different directions with that's whereas as a freelancer you're kind of just putting out the fires of that current client it is it's it's firefighting Mm -hmm. and I'm sure I've said this before, probably on this podcast, but one of the things that changed my mindset to realizing that I had a business gave me 
was the ability to say no and not feel like it was Mm. personal because someone would come in and say, I need this work urgently and you're a freelancer. And so you're like, well, that exact mindset Naomi said, I I need to take all the work while it's here because who knows what's around the corner. Whereas when I was a business, I was able to think, well, the business cannot hold this capacity right now and reply and say, you know, I've not got space now, but I could do it for you in two weeks. And A, it's surprising how many people who say things are urgent and then actually can wait two Mm. weeks. And B, it just gives you that breathing space. It gives you that permission to think of the broader picture, which then starts you moving towards those bigger goals. Yeah, I actually had this conversation with a client yesterday, kind of about how business isn't personal. And what I mean by that is, like, your business doesn't care about your feelings. Yeah. Your business needs you to make smart, clear, intentional, joyful decisions to steer the ship forward. And it's actually really empowering because then you get to take the messy emotions out of it and you see your business as an entity that needs taken care of for it to soar and thrive in both the impact you want to have and the financial stability you want to find in it you need to take care of it whereas if freelancing you're only looking at the current moment whereas if a business you're going to have a business plan you're going to have intentions you're going to have goals you're going to have priorities you're going to have a community to nurture it's a whole ship that you're steering here i've been picturing that all the way through that this is like the difference between having loads of rowing boats that you've tied together with rope that you're trying to kind of move all across at the same time versus just getting on one big ship big cruise liner (laughs) (laughs) in a cabaret singer so i guess for anyone listening to this including naomi who's like okay i'm currently making money from different jack of all trade types of client work or maybe different pieces that i've built but i want to have a business that is mine that i'm in control of that has potential where would we encourage them to start i guess my first place would be think about your business model and your business vision So think about how you want this to fit into your life, how you want it to feel, how do you want to be spending your days is the most important question. Because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And you might as well just stay a freelancer if you build a business that makes you miserable. Yes. You might as well just have a day job. Do you know what I'm saying? So go to the roots of a business plan. I'm going to put in the show notes a link to my mini book, Uncover Your Big Hearted Business, which walks you through 10 steps to kind of uncover your business plan. Obviously, I think business plans should be more nuanced than any step-by-step process gives you because everyone's got different entry points. Of course. But hopefully this will just give you some, anyone listening, it'll give you some steps to work through to hopefully help you get it out of your head and play around with it. What do you think? I would love for Naomi to be setting aside dedicated time Mm -hmm. every week for her business development. And I know that's difficult when you've got kids and you've got client work and everything else, but protect it, make it non-negotiable. Like one afternoon a week where you move on those goals and nothing else can steal that time away. Because what does she need? She'll need like a website. She'll need some branding. She'll need to come to these conclusions and make her business plan. But actually then from there, I think the next steps all start to fall in and it becomes really logical and easy to follow. I actually think this comes back to as well. When you're a freelancer, you have lots of mini bosses. Yeah. When you're a business owner, you are two people in the same, you are a CEO of the business and you're the employee of the business executing the CEO's vision. I think I said, I probably said this before, so I sound like a broken record, but most of us are more comfortable in one role. So some of us are great at making big picture plans and being the CEO, but we really struggle with the execution daily. Mm -hmm. And some of us are great at just doing things and showing up for the clients, but we really struggle at making the bigger picture vision of the business. Yes, yes. Either way, which camp you fall in, you've got to be both to make this work. So I recommend whichever is your weakness, make time for 
that. So for example, if you're great at being the employee, but you're not great at being the CEO, build in CEO time. If you're great at being the CEO, but not the employee, build an employee time. So either stop dreaming too much or stop doing too much about having a (laughs) plan is the goal. But it's, this is actually the, I would say the hardest part that I've learning to be a business owner and not just someone who can do what I'm doing, which is coaching, but to be someone who actually knows how to run a business has been something I've had to, it's like a skin I've had to grow into Mm. to make those bigger picture decisions, to just keep your eye on things. Entrepreneurs aren't born. Now and again, they are because you get these kid geniuses, but most of us have to grow into the skill set. So if anyone listening to this right now is feeling wildly intimidated, the rest of us are all making it up as we go. Like, don't worry. 100%. But I think it's... um, developing that conversation in your head between the CEO and the employee is a big big step here because if you're just running ahead and doing things without any plan in place you're kind of running into no direction 100% and that's where some of the comfort and the security comes from a little bit because instead of being beholden to all of those mini bosses Mm -hmm. you're only beholden to one person and that person is yourself and I just think that that is a really comfortable place to be especially when you're juggling things like caring for family members and trying to fit things into your time, like to know that if something doesn't get done and some somebody's unhappy, that they're unhappy with the business, it, it makes it feel a lot less personal. It takes, it comp- and it, this also allows you as a business to put processes in place. So, so say you are going to be a service-based business, anyone listening, that means you will feel like you have lots of tiny bosses in the form of your clients. However, as a business, you can set in place procedures, brown, boundaries, processes, that make things run a lot smoother Mm. whereas with a freelancer most of the time you may have those things in place but it's something that you more think about when you're taking on the ceo role yeah and say people here are, are a freelancer and they want to package up what they do as a freelancer service within more of a business model then you then have the opportunity for scale if because you can create other products and you can create other ways to make money that isn't just time for money with a client yes you have more room to stabilize the income you have more room to just also just flex your creative muscle a little bit I find as someone who does client work predominantly which I adore I have to protect space for me to also just be a human being and to flex my creative muscles or I do just feel like I'm a freelancer if that makes sense yeah I think what a business also gives you is a way to have an identity outside of just the work you do for other people because the business lives and breathes onto itself yes I totally agree it's a bit like, Jen, you know this, that lately I've been trying to find a virtual admin assistant to help me do some of the onboarding process for my new program. 15, 15 Minute, Minute Magic. Magic. Check it out on my website. <laughs> um, and one of the difficulties I've had is finding someone because it's quite, like the reason I'm not asking Naomi to do it is it's quite, it's, it's a fairly low skill task mm, that needs not very to be fun. done. It's not fun. It's kind of like an equivalent of data entry. Which is why I don't want to do it. Um, which is why it's not a great use of my time. And everybody I'm finding who runs a VA business has moved beyond doing that they kind want to of do work. A high, they want to offer you something that you don't need. Right, because they are incredibly skilled because they've been running their own business. Yeah. They've been learning all this stuff we're talking about. You need a freelancer. I need a freelancer. And my God, is it hard to find one because Google SEO and everything is totally geared up for businesses. So... Yeah, I don't have a natural point there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the takeaway there is, in a way, the other joy of being a business owner is that you get you don't have to do the work you don't want to do. Yeah, you define the boundaries of what's coming in and what's going out. Here's the thing, right? This all sounds really bloody lovely about having a business, building a business and a client base and a customer base is really hard. Yeah, and this is why being a freelancer is excellent. Because, so for example, my husband is a podcast editor. He's a freelance podcast editor. That's what he spends most of his days doing. 
big vision wise he'd love to create some podcast educational resources that's a way for him to serve more people and spend like because he can only edit as much as he can in the week but right now he's got clients that he has to do because it helps pay the bills and he's got to build his more business vision side of things on the side and guess where i'm where i'm saying this from is sometimes your freelance work is what funds the bigger business vision and that's a-okay yes I'm not saying anyone here to burn it all down and start your business without having your freelance work on the side. But the thing about having your own business is that you then get to define what type of work you do and what type of work you don't do. Because then you don't have to do Sarah's boring dairy. (laughs) Sarah's boring dairy. Why am I saying dairy entry? What is a dairy entry? Data entry. (laughs) So there's lots of pros of having a business, but building a business is a marathon, not a sprint. And sometimes freelance work facilitates the ability to get there yes and it yeah it takes more out of you and it's going to require you to put more in which is hard when you feel like you're already burnt out and running at maximum capacity with your freelance work I guess the other thing to say that we've maybe implied but not made explicit is you can then take those freelance contracts over to To the business your business with you you send them an email and say Naomi Bulger is now Naomi Bulger's creative studio and here's the new contract (laughs) and oh look I've put my rates up a bit and that's completely fine and reasonable and means that you're not actually sacrificing that income stream you're just up leveling you're just building a structure and a framework that's going to hold it all a lot more comfortably. Exactly most people who are a freelancer the business they want to build is is an extension of the freelance career they've built they just want more stability more joy more freedom more structure in place sometimes I've also worked with a lot of freelancers who want something wildly different and they build the new thing while also freelancing until that new thing pays the bills for them whatever situation and that's absolutely fine I think the difference between a business and freelance career is with a business there's a lot more intention at the heart of it yeah you're thinking about the branding the messaging the positioning the pricing the The offerings the goals the long-term vision and that is just building in that CEO time to sit down and actually map that out. The fit, great thing is there are tons of great resources on the internet to help you do that. We have some of them. So I'll put my mini book in the show notes, our past podcast episodes, our blogs are full of stuff. You can hire someone to help you with this. You can work with a coach, you can work with a mentor. There's loads of like, like the Princess Trust offer business advisors, people starting small businesses. There's tons of ways to get the support you need in this. You don't have to do it alone. Usually a Google search can get you on your way. I think it's just actually sitting down and realizing that to build a business, you can't stay in firefighting mode. You have to sit in intentional mode and be okay with having a big vision, but don't stay in the big vision. You can't live there. Then you have to action it. Find the first doable step of that big vision and just get up every day and figure out what the next one is. And don't wait to have 100% clarity on the business. Most people like, they they feel like they can't take steps until they know exactly what it's going to be. Whereas a business becomes what it's going to become when you live in it. So you have to live in it, go in. If you've got enough clarity to have a website up and content created and serve is available go for it and figure it out as you go my business looks so different now than it did five years ago when I started it but in terms of what I offer oh the same but I only got here by living in it and seeing what I liked and seeing what I didn't like and just tweaking it and tweaking it but I'm not I don't hate any of the past because it's all what got me here I guess this is something almost about failure tolerance Mm. and that a business asks us to fail every day yeah whereas a freelance career doesn't it's kind of safe from that isn't Mm. it because providing you can meet all those deadlines and do all the work you're agreeing to there's no risk whereas a business is so much personal and emotional and sometimes financial risk yeah and yeah you have to go I'm going to launch this new thing and have it flop or you have to have this brilliant new idea 
for a newsletter and no one signs up or you have to plug away at Instagram for six months and not see your followers grow at that whole mm. time. Like we have to fail and keep going as business owners. And that's uncomfortable. And I wonder if that's part of the reason sometimes we hold back from making that leap. With a freelance career, you get a client, you do the work, you get paid. In a business, very often action we're taking now doesn't bear the fruits of its labor for six months, yeah. a year. It's a lot more of a long game of a business. And I I don't ever actually worry what is my business giving me today. I mean, I'm we're both in a position now where we're, our businesses are so stable that they're paying for the, you know, we're both the breadwinners in our marriage. We can trust that things are going to stay stable. But I'm never looking for my return on investment on a daily basis now. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm putting things in place that I'm hoping will sow seeds for years to come. And I think with a business, you have to kind of enter this long-term mindset of you don't just launch a business and then be like, like, right, new clients in the door. It's often more of a slow burn than that. And oftentimes you're being a farmer, not a hunter in the pursuit of that. Oh, good analogy. Well, it's not for me. There's, there's a blog post by Bray Creative that I think I read before I started my business. I think it gave me the best mindset possible in that business owners are farming and sowing seeds for work to come. They're not hunting out the work. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's a fantastic mindset to embrace. Whereas with a freelancer, you are hunting out the work. You, As a freelancer, you're putting yourself out there and finding it. And so I think the other thing to think of a business is it's a long game. It's not thinking about the immediate of the month on month on month. Obviously, you need to make money. I'm sure everyone's heard me say this, like a business cannot give you what it's not ready to give you yet. Yeah. That's where having part-time work, freelance work, a day job, that's what funds the business. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so that the business can can be its own entity wherever stage it's ready to be. Whereas Naomi, I think, is in a position right now where she's just needing a pivot. I, I think I don't think she's she's not yes uh, where she wants a business to be in five years from now is something to work towards it but I think she's got clients and she's got resources and she's got an audience it's just her kneading it up so that it's working in the way she wants it to work and thinking about it as a business and I actually think and this is specific to Naomi really but we've talked Naomi we've talked about um like how to communicate to her audience all of her skill set because they maybe only see small small elements of it say on Instagram mm. but actually pulling all these strands together into one business communicates it so clearly exactly. because at the moment the fact that she does all these other amazing things like that she's a magazine editor and that she's a copywriter that's all hidden from view so they don't realize they're getting that wealth of expertise when they purchase a class from her or some education from her this is where I think being really intentional with your website is kind of well, it's our digital storefront and if you your our website's job is to like tell the story of our work and take the visitor on a journey through our business and when you've got a business plan and a business vision you know what journey you're taking people through on the web on your website I talk about this with my clients so much about how it's all intertwined at the foundation is your business vision and business plan then you've got your website then you've got your content and your services and it all should be working together and I think for Naomi it's probably having a CEO time to get all the pieces out on the table and then just bringing them to work together into the direction that she wants it to be going in because I think she's got all the pieces here. I think it could very rapidly turn into exactly what she needs it to be once she can pull all those strands together that way. And I think the foundation has to be actually writing down what she wants it to be yes so that she builds it in that direction if she if financial stability is a key piece here for Naomi then it's actually breaking down how am she going to get that financial stability what services and what offerings and in what way of facilitating those services and offerings is going to give her the lifestyle she wants and the money she wants from them it might not happen overnight but if she puts that structure in place she's only allowing things in the door that facilitate what she actually needs to make her life work 
Yes. Do you get what I mean? Completely. And that's when that long vision comes in. So if you say, actually, what I need to do is more online education and that's going to work best for me, then you can go, okay, so list building. Is a priority. That's going to be my priority. And I might still have to take all these freelance things for the next year, but that whole time I can mm-hmm. be building my list drip by drip so that in a year's time, the next time I put this this course on sale, it's going to sell enough that it funds me to not do two days a week of that freelance work. And then I can use those two days to build that capacity even more. It's always keeping your eye on the bigger vision and where you want things to go. I would say that as a business owner, I'm never done. And what I mean with this, I, I, I'm a big believer in not always staying in the mountain climbing stage. I'll put a link in the show notes to a blog post I wrote, which is called The Eight Seasons I of like Business. I like this blog post. And it breaks on all the different eight seasons. And I think the trap a lot of people will stay in is staying only in mountain climbing. So we reach a mountain and then we go, what's next? What's next? What's mm-hmm. next? We need seasons to live in the business, breathe in the business, recalibrate the business. However... I never feel done. There is always a next. It's not always going higher. Sometimes it's just going deeper into what I want or wanting a new challenge or wanting a new creative project. And sometimes I'm just in seasons where I'm dreaming about that or enjoying what I've already built. So I guess what I'm saying is like, whenever done, whenever like, okay, I've made it. I'm not ever going to make any changes ever again in this business. Yeah. But knowing where we want to be going, a question I find so clarifying for myself is like, what do I want my work and life to look and feel like three to five years from now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the answer for me is, pretty similar to what it is now and sometimes it's like oh I'm, I'm kind of hoping that I can build this new facet of things that like challenge me or interest yeah. me so never feel the game isn't to be done the game is just to be in enough relationship with it that you are in control of where you're steering the ship and because you're in charge you also have a mission to change your mind at any point as well yes so someone said to me the other day she I was talking about 15 minute magic I mentioned this new it's on my website <laughs> links in the show notes <laughs> which is all about taking action in your business it's about productivity and it's it's not Instagram specific which mm. has been most of my education so far has been around that this is much more like mentoring and taking action and she was saying to me what's this about like why why are you changing and it was so interesting to me to see that like in her mindset, once you reach that destination, you stay. you stay. And I think it can look like that from the outside. We look at someone else's business and we think, well, if I had that, I would never want to change. I would never mm. want to move on. But as as humans, of course, like our focuses shift. We see new challenges. We see new opportunities. And how amazing that we get to embrace that. We get to follow our interest and keep making what makes us passionate. Like that is the best gift of having your own business and it gives you the space, the permission and kind of the the grounding, the footing to do that. Because if I was a freelance Instagram consultant, it would be a lot harder for me to suddenly launch as like a productivity you wouldn't consultant. Have the you wouldn't have the email list for it. You no. wouldn't have the personal brand. This is what I mean. Like it's all these, a business gives you space to flex your wings and also gives you the stability to do that. And I think Naomi has all the pieces here. And I think for anyone listening who maybe doesn't feel like they have the pieces yet, then that tells you the next step is if you want to, to build those pieces. Yeah. But yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway for today's letter writer and anyone else listening is have some CEO time. Yeah. Get out of employee mindset all the time and have some time to actually think about the big picture, the big vision, where you want to go, and then how to actually action that in the day to day. I heard a life coach, Brooke Castillo, talking about something the other day. And she was saying how sometimes you're on your bike and you're pedaling so hard and you're going so fast. And someone asks you to do something like the CEO CEO time that feels like getting off the Mm. bike and it feels completely counterproductive because you're like I can't afford to stop and take time out but getting off the bike and doing that CEO time is the equivalent of getting in the car and programming the sat nav and you're gonna like completely outpace yourself if you can just 
stop. It feels scary, but give yourself those moments of reflection and that time to actually stop and take stock and put the sat nav on. Yeah, I have seen so many of my clients go on this journey where they've come to me and they are working for themselves, but it's freelance style stuff and they want more freedom and they want more stability and they want more control. And the thing that cracks them wide open is the minute that they sit down and actually visualize what they want their business to be. Once you can visualize it and hold it in your hands, then it's just making that happen. And I'm not saying that's going to be easy. I'm not saying that's going to be clear and simple, but you've probably made a lot harder things happen in your lifetime. You've probably overcome harder obstacles. Just becoming a freelancer is a miracle unto itself in terms of finding the client base and making it work. So I guess what I'm saying here is I think for anyone listening, spend some time visualizing and dreaming what you'd love your business to be and then just figure out what the steps are to get to that place. And can I just give everyone permission to start with the fun steps? Yeah. That is the only way I can get started on these big scary Branding, things. writing. Yeah, yeah, like get your bum on Pinterest, find what yeah. logo you want, what colors do you love? Like Naomi, this is your bread and butter, you're amazing at it. But yeah, have fun, like enjoy it you're building your own business like you'll never get to start from scratch like this again unless you unless you start a new business so start with what's fun the hard stuff will find you and it and Mm. it will test you and you'll find your way through it in due course I think keeping it fun and light and joyful is the only way to get through it like if you started a new business and you were like the first thing I'm gonna do is register for tax (laughs) and look at pension options uh yeah you just never get it off the ground branding is always the funnest bit I think just like getting lost in like bringing it to life it's not real to me until it's branded as well so the first step for any of my course creation product creation anything is the branding because then I I can see it I can almost touch it and from there I can make it real definitely oh good luck Naomi and for anyone else listening we hope this has been a helpful way to think about the differences between the freelancer and business owner kind of mindset. Yeah, and we'd both really love to hear your thoughts on this. Are you a freelancer? Are you a business owner? What does that distinction mean to you? How does it change how you approach your work and what does or doesn't work for you within that mindset? Our tag is Dear Hopeful Creative or just come and find us on Instagram or on Twitter and tell us your thoughts. And if you have a letter you would love us to dive into on the show, you can submit it at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com. Thank you for listening. You can join us at lettersfromahopefulcreative.com and on social media. So on Instagram, I'm at me and Orla. And you'll find me at Jen Carrington underscore. We're going to be sharing new episodes. So if you've liked what you've heard so far, hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show. Yeah, and we can't wait to connect with you soon. <laughs>